Hello, friends and family of Hear the Mirror. Welcome to today's episode. This is the third episode in the first season. Assuming there will be more seasons. Uh, assuming there will be more ev- there will be more episodes, actually, because I have one coming out in the future, two that I need to edit. So there's for sure one, and then I have um, a really cool guest booked <clears throat> for uh, the fifth episode, um, and that will be we will be recording in a couple days. So um, for anyone who out there for anyone for any haters and this is mostly me talking to myself by the way um this is me talking to my inner insecurities right now um but it is going to sound like i am addressing something external okay so uh just keep that in mind to any haters out there anyone who hates this podcast and doesn't want me to do it i would just kindly like to remind you that the juices are flowing baby We have episodes in the can. We have guests booked. We are in a... (laughs) We're in a closet, okay? Listen, I don't know if I want to... I don't don't know if I want to keep it as a running gag. Um, You... uh, (laughs) You're going to see the running gag unfold a lot in the fourth episode um, about the fact that we are in a just massive studio space. Um, The reality is... Um, that it is massive to a fly, not to a human being. We are very much in a closet. I am very much recording this um, in a closed, cramped space. And sometimes I can't breathe, and sometimes you're going to hear the sound of a fan, but it's all for the sake of art. This is high art. This is serious goddamn business that we're doing here. Um, speaking of business, uh, there currently isn't any. The we, the Here the Mirror is sponsored by nothing and no one yet. Um, I'm going to keep it that way until something uh, sparks my interest, pulls my attention. Um, I'm not so... So when I when, whenever I go to put this podcast up on Anchor, it's always like, step two, activate your sponsorships. Take your podcast to the next level. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, where? <laughs> you guys have the analytics. You know that nobody's listening to this, right? So why are you trying to sell me uh, sponsorships? Like, why do I need to start reading off scripts for... Um, I don't know, uh, the next Stephen King anthology of short stories uh, narrated by Jeff Bezos as he sits on his Casper mattress with his feet in the air, making websites on Squarespace at the same time. He's doing all of this, and he's eating his Monsanto GMO fava beans. Okay? That is not the level that this podcast is at right now. We're just gonna start being real, okay? There is no money. There is... (laughs) There is no money. You cannot hold this podcast to ransom because it has nothing to give you. 
It has nothing. You can steal its child and hold it for ransom. You can, you can hack into whatever you think you're gonna hack into. But all you're gonna come up against is a brick motherfucking wall, hun. Okay, there's nothing. Um, I guess you could come for my part-time job, but I'll just find another one. Okay, I'm tenacious. So far, you know what? So far there is a sponsor of this podcast. It's my time. <laughs> my time is sponsoring this podcast, and the time of my guests that I have on. And yes, a lot of my guests are doing this out of the kindness of their own hearts. They are donating their time, donating their life energies, donating um, whatever they have to give to this podcast. And um, I really am truly thankful that, um, oh yeah, and so and uh, um, I, pe- people are like starting to reach out now too like they're they're like hey if you want to interview someone um so yeah anyone anyone listening um anyone out there listening like i can do i'm working on so i i'm working on like remote podcasts so that's actually what this one is okay so that's a good that is a good transition into today's episode okay so so by the way if you want to be on this podcast like anyone can be on this podcast okay anyone just ask me um, so today's, today's guest, okay, so this is a remote, this is a remote conversation between me and, um, probably the most famous person who has ever graced this podcast. So this is, um, this is a conversation between me and New Orleans-based musician Ainsley Maddock. Now, I first met Ainsley... Um, when I was in eighth grade and she was in ninth grade, um, and we have been through so much together. I remember one time we were waiting in line at Disneyland and we were both really tired and we started talking about how tired we were. Um, I also remember like one time she, um, shared her Funyuns with me at lunch, um, I also remember one time we saw a movie together. Um, so we've really been there for each other throughout the years um, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and it was a pleasure, it's always a pleasure talking to her. Um, and like every, uh, Ainsley's really cool, a really cool person out of my life because it seems like every time I talk to her, she's like getting better. Like this is truly a person who is um, interested in working on herself and her life and what she wants and like her vision towards that. Like um, she's a huge inspiration to me to like go after go after the things that you want. Um, I know she, she will tell you otherwise um, that she is like you know just kind of doing whatever she can. Um, and like maybe her life doesn't look all that cool and impressive like on the outside but to me she's always um she's always been a good, uh, an example of someone who is just going for it and um i hope that energy that energy always rubs off on me so i'm hoping it will rub off on you guys um so my guest today once again is Ainsley Maddock 
New Orleans musician. Uh, New Orleans musician. She is the lead singer, uh, keyboardist of her band Ainsley Maddock and the Broken Blues. You can find them on her website, which um, I'll put a I'll put a I'll put a link to that in the description and um, all of her info. All of her info and stuff will be at the end. podcast my guest today is new orleans musician uh overall um amazing human being uh my best friend for a long time yeah let's not say how many years (laughs) (laughs) um i like i like that you're working on your podcast voice yeah um i don't know it's gonna develop over time whatever independently of Independently of whatever, I guess I'm gonna have to like go into those like little uncomfortable, <laughs> weird moments where I'm like, how do I describe just like my friend? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's a little bit weird when you kind of have to put words to things that you don't normally put words to, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, but like, I'm never gonna be upset if you want to compliment me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, no. <laughs> You know? Oh my god! So like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I, w- I was thinking about this the other day. Um, when, so the podcast has like helped me, or like starting this podcast has helped me like reframe this kind of stuff in my mind. It's like, um, I could say that my first guest on was my boyfriend, my partner Kyle, or I could also say a different version of a of the truth of who he is. I could be like, yeah, I had a drag queen on for my first episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, 
I mean, it's 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 still the truth, and it like, and it and I think it like makes them feel good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a label, and um, whatever, all labels are bullshit. But if you know that like someone has been working hard to like uh, be a drag queen, working hard on their art form, something mm-hmm. that they like feel is super true to themselves, be like, uh, to me, it feels like more. It feels like more respectful of, of the person to be like my first guest was a drag queen, like a, a, yeah. a, a local phoenix, a local phoenix drag queen, who has been on the scene for like two and a half years now. Um, I've had the pleasure of like seeing the journey too because we live together and we're partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was like, so, so I was I was I was getting in my head a little bit. I was like, yeah, I could. I'm just having my friends on. Like, basically, essentially, if you want to boil it down, if you want to boil it down and look at it that way, yeah, I'm just having my friends on. Um, or I could I could say the guest in my third episode is, I mean, at least before the pandemic. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm, that's, still, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm still a musician, yes. even. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Not uh, making as much money. Little, Not making as much money, yeah. but I'm still a musician. Yeah. You are, you are a, you are a new, I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh my god, Ainsley is a musician in New Orleans on multiple levels, a performing musician in New Orleans, um, who, you also teach, you've also, uh, been the music director in, uh, musicals, Mm -hmm. and you have your own band, you have a fucking album? I have two albums, yeah. You have two albums. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, it's like, it's but I like, mean, yeah, I could just. I will say this, like anybody can make an album if you have enough money, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. and that's something that I think is like important about like a lot of the things that I've learned as far as like being a musician and like, cause I, you know, I mean, so, you know, you know me, you know me in high school and um, mm-hmm. like very much. I remember thinking at that point in my life, like, being a musician for a living or so, any of that, it's like not realistic. It's like not a thing that you mm-hmm. should strive to be because it's just like, there's so much competition and there's so, and which yeah. is, which is true. And, yeah. um, you know, and you know, it, 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 you, there's no guarantee of money and there's no, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But like what I discovered, especially in a place like new Orleans is that like where, if you're in a city that has a lot of music and a lot of musical opportunities, like mm-hmm. it's not quite so hard to break into those things. Like I'm not saying it's not mm-hmm. any work and it's like it's definitely a hustle like you really you do have to want it, but it's not yeah. like some impossible unattainable goal that like only the very very top musicians. Like there's <laughs> I mean I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever name any names. There's a lot of like amazing musicians in New Orleans, much mm-hmm. uh, people I consider much better than me, much like you know, people that I strive to play like and to and to work like and to you know to like sounds that I I you know know that I personally am not capable of, so I really admire. Um, mm-hmm. There are also a lot of like mediocre musicians, you know, <laughs> who who also make a decent living, you know, because they they yeah. they play the songs that people want to hear and. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if, if you're in a town like New Orleans or, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if there's anywhere else that's quite comparable to New Orleans in this respect, but I'm sure, you know, other cities that have like a, a pretty solid music scene, 
you know, you can basically have a nine to five as a musician, you know, maybe not those Mm -hmm. hours, maybe more like a, you know, five to 11 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can definitely like kind of just have like a job where you make, you know, like 50, $60,000 a year just being a musician. Um, And so, um, but yeah, with that, and then also with like the albums and stuff, like, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of studios around. You just kind of have to, you mm-hmm. know, put the money together and go in with some sort of a plan of how you're going to get stuff done. Cause the, mm-hmm. the more of a plan you have, the less money you have to spend overall. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, it's not like a magical, you know, I've not accomplished anything that anybody else is not capable of. Um, yeah. it's just, it's just a matter of, and I, 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 still very much feel like there is a very long road ahead of me to mm. get to where I want to be. Like I am, I am mm-hmm. really in no way feel accomplished. <laughs> oh my God. And I don't know. I don't know if that's like a, uh, that's maybe like an I mean, imposter syndrome sort of a thing, you know, where I, I, Ainsley, Ainsley, I think it is because, <laughs> um, I'm like, like just that like glimpse around your room. Mm-hmm. I have been like, I've been like, I've, I catch myself. I tell my, I, I catch myself in moments where I'm like, Ugh, I just like wish I had a room mm-hmm. that's like full of uh, fucking instruments and like recording equipment and guitars. And like, if I just had a room with like a saxophone, a cello and a piano in mm-hmm. it and like a laptop, like MIDI keyboards mm-hmm. and like that whole thing. Like, so uh, like perspective, per- perspective is everything you are. You are actually like living someone's dream right now (laughs) if you if you want to think about it you're in in like in in a weird way you're kind of like living a fantasy that i have Mm -hmm. in my mind it's not like it's not like what i you know what i want or what i have wanted in the past for like my ultimate my Mm -hmm. ultimate like metaphysical goal purpose in life but i have always felt that like where you are like right now Mm-hmm. is like would be a a rung on the ladder that I would that I like would want to go up you know Aww. what I mean well thanks Max that makes me I mean it definitely it it is important to keep things in perspective I mean yeah. w- one of the things that I like have to always put back in because per- like I tend to well something that this pandemic has really showed me is that I really was spreading myself much too thin in a lot of ways that I didn't even realize. Like I, yes. I realized that I was spreading myself too thin, but I, I thought, you know, at, when you're in it, it's just like, all right, just keep it moving. Just kind of like, don't, you know, yep. just yep. just don't think about it. Just get through this next thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the mm-hmm. workloads that I would always pile on myself, like, would be like, you know, oh, let's, you know, I gotta, there's this project coming up in May, whether it was like, you know, something with, um, you know, like a musical theater show or like there's, um, I have a friend who has this tap dancing company in town that I very often like will will music direct or arrange Mm -hmm. music for. And so those are, those tend to be pretty big jobs. And so it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, my schedule's crazy busy, but if I get to the other side of May, then I can start Mm -hmm. like focusing back in on the things that I want to be doing. And, and I realized like this, like the pandemic taught me two things. It's like, number one, like I was kind of careening towards some kind of an edge. And I'm not exactly Mm. sure what would have happened when I got there. I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it would have been so extreme as like a mental break or something like that. But Mm. there was definitely like 
a lot of anxiety and depression that I just kind of was dealing with on a daily basis that I really wasn't acknowledging. Um, but like, that's something that, that this has kind of brought me back and like been like, okay, like what, how, how do I actually want my time to be used? You know, like how do I actually want to like, where do I want my energy to go basically? And mm-hmm. like, and this is, I, I kind of acknowledged this before the pandemic happened, but this has really allowed me to like sit with it and really be mm-hmm. like, you know, this is a, this is a, I mean, I hate to call it an opportunity because it's so devastating to so many people. And like, yes. I also like pretty much on the daily live with the knowledge that like, it's very possible if I were to get this the virus that I could you know, become seriously ill or possibly die just because of like, you know, yes. I, I have lupus, my immune system's mm-hmm. compromised. Um, but, <laughs> you know, trying, mm-hmm. trying to also see the good in things, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's really been an opportunity that we, you know, I don't imagine we'll ever have again in our adult lives to take a pause mm-hmm. and take a breath and look around mm-hmm. and see like, is this the path that I want to be on? Is this, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, basically like, am I, am I making the right decisions for myself? Am I happy with what I'm doing? And Mm -hmm. if, uh, if the answer is no, or if the answer is, I feel like my energies could be better used places. Um, you know, what are the steps that I need to take to make that happen? Mm -hmm. But I'll also say given like, I've had a lot of extra time and I have done jack shit with (laughs) the goals that I actually want to accomplish. I have done, I have cleaned up the Uh, house a little bit. It's still not, it's still not where it needs to be. Um, And I have like, I have a bunch of recording projects I want to do, but there's always just kind of like Mm -hmm. something, I'll do it tomorrow or something. So it's like, that's been something that I've been trying to work on is like how, like, and I'm sure there's elements of like anxiety or, you know, just fears. Mm -hmm like just fear in general of, mm-hmm. I don't even know, just, uh, you know, doing something wrong or like failing or like, I, I, I'm not, Spend, I, like, just, I'm sorry, like go ahead. spending your free time in the wrong way. Yeah, almost. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I've spent my free time in pretty terrible ways. So I can't say that mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's something I'm like Same. super, it's almost like, you know, if I have like, if like, I have like an hour to do something like mm-hmm. on the one hand, an hour is plenty of time to accomplish like all sorts of stuff. You know, like you could, mm-hmm. you could clean the kitchen or you can like clean up the yeah. bathroom or you can, yeah. you know, you can, you can start a project or get something set up. But for, for whatever reason, if it's like an hour, I'm like, oh, well, I only have an hour, so I can't do like anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, do you have any, so, like, I, do you have I, any strategies for you know, not being a lazy <laughs> piece of crap. <laughs> um, not yet. I will. I wish. I honestly wish I did. Um, but you know, I can. I. I'm not gonna fool anyone and say that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice. I notice this phenomenon that you're describing in myself. I. I notice it more. Um, when so I work. I work at a dog daycare mm-hmm. and. I have I have hours. I have like a set schedule when I have to be at work. Um, I generally work uh, there. Right now, I'm working there two to nine, mm-hmm. four days a week. Um, so I'll notice on my three days off, um, I'll look at I will look at clock time. Mm-hmm. So I have like my internal sense of time, and then I have uh, I have LED LED lights telling me what 
time they think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, so I'll I'll spend like my morning. Say I have a day off. Mm-hmm. It's my day off. I don't have to be at work from two to nine. I will get so many things done before noon, even mm-hmm. if I have the day off. Mm-hmm. But if I have um, this like shadow of work mm-hmm. looming looming off like somewhere in my brain mm-hmm. I'll get that feeling where I'm just like oh my god an hour is nothing like what like yeah. I there's no time to do anything because I have to be at work right like I that, I don't know I don't know what my um I don't know like what if I have any strategies to like combat that um I cause I cause I cause I also know I don't know it know it but I've read that it's true um, that, you know, if you, what you resist persists. So that's kind of where I've been. I've been getting myself tripped up is that is if I wake up, I wake up and I'm like, okay, work is at two. I start with facts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, work is at 2 PM. Right now it is 8 AM. I have six hours. I should be able to do things that I want to do in this time. This is technically free time of mine yeah i don't own the i don't own the business and maybe that's like and maybe that's like a difference um between you and me is Mm -hmm. i think um i feel like your profession is all your like your like work and your profession is tied with your creative pursuits Mm -hmm. too that you like want to do so like maybe it gets a little maybe for you it gets like a little muddled there Mm -hmm. um because, like, you, I don't know, maybe you, you like, sit down at a piano and you're, like, I could, I don't, and, I, and also I don't know how the, pan, if the pandemic has changed this or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, you, like, sit down at the piano and you're, like, well, I could mess around, I could just have fun, play around, um, or I could, like, try to record what I'm doing, turn that into something, or, um, or I need to, like, practice this, sh- like, maybe before the pandemic, I need to practice this, like, sheet music for the show that I'm running. Um, for me, that would be, that would, that to me seems like it, uh, something that'd be really hard to be a musician for mm-hmm. is like, how do you, how do you balance like your, something that's also like your creative passion with something that also can also bring you income. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do kind of have a note about the, uh, you know, when you have a day off, you, you know, feel like you mm-hmm. can, you know conquer the world and when you have mm-hmm. to work you know that's I think that there that kind of falls into at least like in my interpretation falls into this sort of like American thing of yeah. like working all the time and like leisure mm-hmm. time is wasted time and yeah. that's that's something that like so like you know there are it, the the pandemic is not like all like vacation time for me you know like one of the things Mm -hmm. like I um like you know I you know recently bought this house like we bought it last year um it's Mm -hmm. a double which in like you know for anybody who who might be listening who's not from New Orleans it's a super common way of building houses in New Orleans like they they have been doing this for hundreds of years where they on like one plot of land basically they'll build like a double or a triple so that it could just Mm -hmm. house more people Mm -hmm. um and, um, you know, we, for whatever the ethical reasons were, we were renting out the, uh, the other side as an Airbnb for a while. I kind of mm-hmm. like on the one hand, um, I definitely had some friends that were like, not, you know, they weren't like 
you know, not going to be our friends anymore, but they weren't the biggest fan of us doing the Airbnb thing just because there's a really, I think you, I think I remember you telling me this. Yeah. There's, I mean, they weren't like outspoken and like being, you know, terrible about it or whatever, but like just from some of the questions that they would ask and kind of like their responses, I just kind of got the, got the Mm -hmm. idea and feeling that like, you know, they were definitely more on the side of, well, if I had a double, you know, or I think you should do this with your double or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my philosophy. It, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know if, if, if you're about ready to explain it, you can stop me, but was it like the kind of like the con- con- contribution to like the gentrification of the city? Yeah. I mean, like that's, feeling? Yeah. yeah. So that has a lot. I mean, that's why they were not the biggest fans of it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, <sighs> You know, they're not wrong. I mean, like to, you know, but on the (laughs) other hand, like here's where I was coming from it with basically. So like we are, but whatever we do with our side of the, of the house, that's not Mm going to change the greater landscape of new Orleans, right? Like the Mm -hmm. issue, the issue with like housing in new Orleans with Airbnbs in new Orleans is not with, you know, owner occupiers who are running a room as an Airbnb or who are running, you know, even the other side of their double as an Airbnb. It's with yeah. investment companies coming out and buying up a block of houses and then yeah. renting all of those as Airbnbs, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what's causing actually causing the crisis. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I guess, I mean, and maybe that's a way for me to kind of like reject a certain amount of personal responsibility in it. I don't know. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's like, you know, I mean, we're, me and my husband are musicians. Like we're not, yeah. you know, we're, we're basically just kind of trying to get in wherever we can get in. And, yeah. um, you know, if at some point the city, like, I'm not going to fight against Airbnb regulations. Like if some point the city decides, um, you know, we're, we're not going to allow Airbnbs anymore, or, you know, mm-hmm. there's some kind of, you know, stipulations that we don't live up to. Um, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine if it's going to be like a citywide impact, but like, I don't know, I, maybe this is kind of like the, you know, I was raised by Republicans. So maybe this is like a little <laughs> bit of that coming in, but like, if other people are going to be making their money, like I'm going to make my money, you know, like I'm yeah. like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but anyway, it's, it's all, it's almost like a big, it's almost like a big fuck you to the, 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 these large investment corporations that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. Um, because I, the friends, you know, your friends and people that you've heard this feedback from, they do kind of have a point. Like if you boil it down, you are essentially doing this, uh, the same thing as them. You're buying a property. You're not like you're also so okay you're not doing the same thing because you're also living there yeah but you bought a property and you're like here's where here's where the difference is between you and them you bought a property and it kind of also like has this perk Mm -hmm. to it and so in a sense it like I don't know, man. It's hard. It's a yeah. hard no, I mean, conversation. That's the, it's not, I mean, it's, it's somewhat morally or ethically muddy. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's not, you know, for, for me to come and say like, I have absolutely no responsibility to the community is not yeah. Yeah, accurate, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I'm, so I'm here on site. There's always somebody at the house. So that's like mm-hmm. some, one of the issues with some of the Airbnb kind of like, property big buyouts is like during the week 
there's nobody staying there. And like, yeah. you know, New Orleans is, I mean, it is a dangerous city. There's, but like mm-hmm. one of, one of the things that makes it safer and, and this is pretty much like throughout the entire city is knowing the people on your block and like having mm-hmm. either long-term renters on your block or, you know, homeowners or whatever. And so, so again, like I have, I really have no problem with Airbnb as a concept um, mm-hmm. but like when cities don't put in regulations for it, that's when, you know, so, so basically what's, um, I got so off where I was going to bring this back around to, but I'll just, <laughs> I'm going to just explain this real quick. That's no, okay. That's fine. So yeah. basically what happened here, and it's probably what's happened in a lot of other places is so like after Katrina, um, in 2005, like there were mm-hmm. a lot of blighted properties around, um, that people either just didn't want to fix up or that um, it wasn't really worth the, the resale price to fix them up and, and, you know, sell them. So a lot mm-hmm. of investment companies would come in and buy like a block of properties and fix them all up, but then turn them into Airbnb so that they could make, you know, like a really, it, a big profit off of them rather than, you mm-hmm. know, cause like, I mean, like our, our, our place basically is like, we're asking a thousand dollars a month from our long-term renter that's over there now, because um, mm-hmm. we. Oh, I didn't to... know that you guys had a long-term. Oh yeah, it's renter a, he's a friend. Of, he's a friend of ours. He, um, okay. yeah, basically was like m- moving out of his place and just kind of threw it out there to us, and we're like, well, I mean, we're making like nothing off Airbnb now, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, but yeah. so so we're making like a thousand dollars from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Airbnb, we would have easily made double that, if not more every month, you know? So it's like, just, just to kind of show you the numbers. And so for us, you know, I mean, that was going to be basically our way to like save money, you know, and like put money into retirement and, um, and maybe have a little bit left over for like a vacation, like God forbid at some point, you know? So it's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not like we were like, you know, just making bank off the other side the and, money off right gonna the be Cayman islands yeah gonna be like rolling in a cash pile on our beds you know yeah. it was basically like is basically gonna be a way for us to like oh we can actually like maybe work ourselves up to middle class while still having like the profession mm. the professional lifestyle that we want mm-hmm. because that's like mm-hmm. you know now i'm bringing it back around like back to the mm-hmm. you know whole thing about like we really feel in this country like if you're not working constantly, like, mm. you know, what are you, what are you doing with your time? You know, like if you, yeah. um, you know, people will brag about like how little of a personal life they have or how little sleep they get. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, one of the responses to like, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, one of the responses to like, you know, people not wanting to raise the minimum wage, like the minimum wage in this country is something like seven twenty-five an hour right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, something seven twenty-five or seven fifty. Yeah, so if you if you work for forty hours a week for a month mm-hmm. at seven twenty-five an hour, you at before taxes you make less than twelve hundred dollars um, mm-hmm. a month, and yeah. um, and you know it's like good luck finding a place for rent that's less than like eight hundred dollars. Like you know you're, yeah. you're you might you might be able to be in a place with roommates, but if you have like a family or kids or anything like that, like you know. Mm-hmm it's going to be a lot more difficult to do. And then, you know, people's response to that is just, you know, Oh, well just work more, you know? So it's like, okay, so 
you know, now, now I'm working, you know, 60 hours a week or 80 hours a week. And I'm still like, Mm -hmm. still not even making three grand a month. And yet still, still in this time, you know, people are still supposed to like somehow go and get an education. And also like if they have, if they have a family or anything like, you know, raise their kids or it's, and it's just like, it's, it's, it's insane to me that the response isn't like, oh, like if somebody's willing to like work 40 hours a week and do their job, mm-hmm. they should make enough money that they can, you know, pay for rent and not have to get a, a second job just to like live basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like it's it's kind of like, oh, it's it almost sounds like like this is going to be over dramatizing it. But it's like, oh, in America, it's like there's a an attack on just a simple way of living. Yeah. Or just like, like <laughs> not working all the, like in like, have, yeah. like not feeling bad about leisure time. Yeah. You know, like you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't, you should be able to like work, come home and just live a life of a comfortable, comfortable leisure when you're not at work. And you know, you should be in your, the things that you want to, work on like if you want to and if you want to like break through and get out of that like kind of settled place where you have a job and you have a place to go home to and you can you can afford to eat comfortably Mm -hmm. if you want to break out of that then you know just all we're asking for is just like a, a a goddamn like place to sit and rest for Mm -hmm. a second just give us like a break yeah like it it's this huge like you're right it's this huge struggle culture right boot it's the whole it's the whole bootstraps thing yeah so Um, it's like yeah totally sorry yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you no it's okay um Um, yeah no i i totally agree with that and i also think you know i mean like you're you're saying like oh on on days where i have to work i don't do anything you know with these these hours in the morning but it's like you're still working what like seven hours eight hours you know with also with like transportation and with um you know like getting ready for work and all that stuff i mean it's probably i would i would probably add an hour on either side as far as like what you're actually ready yeah like where your time is decompressing after exactly work. yeah yeah and yeah. like decom like yeah and and where that time is actually going during the day so it's like you know okay so we have 20 hours 24 hours in a day if you subtract mm-hmm. just eight off the top you know okay you have mm-hmm. six 16 hours in a day if nine of those hours are spent doing stuff that's what seven that sounds right Um, so, you know, seven hours that you have to yourself, but it's like, you've got to eat and you've got, you know, it's like, there's all, all sorts of other, and it's like, yeah, shouldn't you have, like, what is the point of life? (laughs) Just (laughs) Let's just get real deep. But seriously, like, what is, you know, like, what is, are you, are you worthwhile as a person if you're not working, you know, like everyone, everyone has to ask themselves. And this like, question and come and comes and come to some kind of terms with absolutely. it. Absolutely, and so and something that like the like the thing. So like the point that I was trying to make at the beginning and then got like super mm-hmm. off on like Airbnbs and stuff. Yeah. Was just that like <laughs> so like well the the essence of that was like I have always for me put work first. Like I will mm-hmm. I I am a constant flake about like social things constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I 
I always want to do something. And then when the time comes, I'm just fucking exhausted and can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, um, or, or it's like my only free time of the week. And I'm like, I don't want to, yeah, I'm a homebody. So it's like, I don't want to spend it doing like more thing. Like, I just want to sit here and like watch, (laughs) you know, the office or something. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, but, but like, anyways, like I'm all, I, and so that's been a frustrating part for me is just like not being able to work all the time and like make the level of income that I was Mm -hmm. before. Cause it's like, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm 32. This is like prime money-making years in my life. And and it's just, it's just completely taken away and there's, and Mm -hmm. it's, I can't do anything about it. And so I can either Mm -hmm. sit here and be frustrated and just let kind of like anger eat me up and about a situation Mm -hmm. that I literally have no control over and really can't on any sort of mass scale do anything about. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I can take this time and be like, what am I trying to make that money for? You know, like what is, and, and I'm trying to make that money so that I can eventually, like I can further have the lifestyle that I want and basically Mm -hmm. have the time to do things whenever I want, you know, basically like, like mm-hmm. have, be able to like, you know, take time off whenever I want to, or be able mm-hmm. to, um, you know, push, push other work obligations to the side so I can really focus on like, you know, making another album or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, what, you know, well, what have I been gifted right now? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, this is, this is the kind of time that people have when like they're kids, you know? And like, it's like yeah. you get home from school and you just have like, all the time in the world just to do anything or like over summer break. It's like, you don't have any mm-hmm. obligations, just, you know, obviously not, that's not true for every single person, but for the most part. And so, um, yeah. So it's just like, what, you know, isn't this what I've been doing all of that work for anyway? Yeah. So like, Oh my gosh. Shouldn't yeah. I just take wow. the time to enjoy it and not be mad at mm-hmm. myself for not constantly using every minute in some kind of productive way. Mm hmm. Hmm. Um, that is, that's interesting to me. Um, and the way that, the way that the pandemic has kind of made me see free time for myself. So, so you said that you were before, before you got this, before you got this like chance to, not have a full plate of work, mm-hmm. um, a busy schedule mm-hmm. that you felt like what you were working towards was this kind of like a uh, ghost scenario in your mind, like this kind of like perfect vision mm-hmm. of you ultimately like having, you've done all this work so that you can then have the time to really like sit with yourself and explore what it is that you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, so are you talking about like exploring more like uh, your creative side of, mm-hmm. of music when there isn't a lot of musical work to do versus like yeah. mu- like creative um, creative searching or like, what do you, so like, I, I guess, like, what are you talking about specifically? Well, um, yeah, sort of, I mean, so that, I mean, basically that, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. like I have, um, so uh, I'm going to take it back to like when I was first kind of working in the professional world, 
Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I graduated from college with a music ed degree and taught mm -hmm. at a school for a couple of years. And then that mm -hmm. ended in a way that was really crushing because I, in my opinion, had done everything right. Like it was mm -hmm. a, it was a sm very small band program at a private school in New Orleans or in Metairie. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I came in very, you know, very bright eyed, very like change the world. And, um, mm -hmm. and very much thought that like, oh, well, all these people need to see is like how good I can make this band program. And then they'll, they'll yeah. want to fund it. And because like, I mean, you're a musician, you know, like music makes a huge difference in people's lives, even if they don't yeah. necessarily go on to like make a career out of it. Or like, I still, um, like the people who I went to ASA with, you know, most mm -hmm. of them are not musicians, but pretty much all of them have some kind of musical background. And so yeah. I can, I can talk about instruments in the orchestra and they know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. You know, like I mm -hmm. can talk about, you know, the, the most well-known composers like Bach or Mozart or Beethoven. I can, and they'll be mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah. I remember when I played, you know, this Beethoven mm -hmm. symphony in strings. There's a common strings. vernacular. Right. For, there's a common vocabulary between and, us. And there's just so much more respect for, um, for music, just having had mm -hmm. that background and for musicians. But then also, I mean, music just makes people smarter, you know, like it, mm -hmm. it, it forces you to tap into parts of your brain and ways of thinking that you don't really mm -hmm. need to do in any sort of other discipline. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, you know, there's this, um, and, you know, I mean, Ted talks have like a lot of great thing, but there's this like video, this, like they have like this animated series on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And one of them is about like basically what happens inside of your brain when you're playing music. I mean, even just listening mm -hmm. to music activates all sorts of parts of your brain, but playing music creates like all these fireworks Mm -hmm. And you, you create new neural pathways in your brain um, when you play music. So like, it's yeah. it, it like, you know, kids who play music have better test scores. Like, I mean, there's just like, mm -hmm. there's no reason well, not it's, it, What you're describing is basically the founding ideal of ASA. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is, this is what the school that we went to for, um, well, for me, middle school, for middle school and high school, mm -hmm. this is what it was all founded on was this yeah. idea right here. Yeah. Which, which honestly, like for, you know, as bratty as we were in high school and be like, oh, it's <laughs> honestly, like, I think that it, they had an, a very good, you know, curriculum program. Like, I think yeah. that, I mean, one of the things, so being freelance, one of the things that I think would make a huge difference in education on all levels is instead of doing so much just like you know, day-to-day -day instruction of like, this is the lesson for today. This is now I'm mm -hmm. teaching it. Now you do this worksheet. All right. This is the lesson, you know, tomorrow this is, and, and kind mm -hmm. of just doing that same format over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I find, I, I mean, some kind of project based learning, I feel like would make a much more educated and a much more mm -hmm. like motivated, uh, you know, student base. Um, mm -hmm. and it's also much more realistic to the way the real world works. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, for, there are, you know, office jobs where it's very much just like go in, like do whatever work is on your desk for that day and then leave. And like, yeah. you know, for some people that's fine. Like, and I, I mm -hmm. have, if that's the kind of job you want, like I have nothing mm -hmm. to say against that at all. Like, mm -hmm. I think that there's so a lot. You, are you talking about 
um, what I th- what I think you're getting at is, are you talking about like how, so like say in band, we mm-hmm. were always working towards um, our quarter, our our quarter perf- our quarterly mm-hmm. performances. We were always at the end of the year we were doing showcase. Yeah. Um, there was always. Even in even in academics, we were working towards presentations. We were mm-hmm. working towards like the debate that happens, yeah. like at this time of year. It's kind of like, oh my god, it makes me feel like we were in Glee and just like <laughs> working towards regionals the whole time. Well, kind of. I <laughs> but mean, that, but I, I totally get what you're saying. It's yeah, like, I mean, I you're think... so right. I've never thought of. I've never thought that like that's how my. Ed, my academic and my musical education was structured. Yeah, um, for sure. I've never, I've never really thought about it that way because I guess you know you 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 literally went to college, and you and learned about all this. Mm-hmm. So so now you're so you're saying like you're when you were when you were teaching in in Metairie at the at the school, did, are you saying that it kind of felt like you were going in? This is what we're learning today. Work no, on it. no, not necessarily. I, I think actually mm-hmm. you bringing up music is a really good point of, you know, project based learning, which is, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a musician, like regardless of whether you're, you know, a professional musician or if it's the first time you're ever learning an instrument, like the process is essentially the same, which is like, yeah. you're, you're going to get some kind of music. Someone's going to give you some kind of music and say, go and work on this and get, mm-hmm. get it to a decent level or get it to a level where you can play it back to me basically. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to pick, then we're going to do something else. We're going to add to that, you know? I mean, and that's mm-hmm. so, um, and yeah, being in band, it's like, yeah, you work towards, you know, a, a usually a fall concert and a spring concert. Um, so mm-hmm. that's very much, and, and like, that's doing it as a group, you know, in a, in a group like that, mm-hmm. you're only as strong as your weakest musician. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I think those are all really good examples that can both be done on an individual or like a group level. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, as, I mean, our, our education at ASA was definitely different, I think, than the standard public, uh, high school education, which is, mm-hmm. um, our teachers had a lot of control over their own curriculum and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're allowed to allowed to teach material that probably wouldn't be accepted at a lot of other schools, and we're allowed to yeah. teach it in a way that wasn't just teaching to a test. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I can't. I don't know what the situation is at ASA right now. Hopefully, it's mm-hmm. it's similar, or hopefully, it's better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if they're more beholden to state tests. I mean, that's like a mm-hmm. I that's a rant that I could get into and talk about all day long as far as like, you know, whether some kind of standardized test is actually any sort of way at all to judge anyone's intelligence. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think that at a lot of public schools, it's, it's much more, I mean, and not, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be taken like a dump on, on every teacher because there's a lot of really great teachers out out there. There are a lot of really great public schools out there, but like, I think that there's a, there are, there's a certain level of phoning it in. And there's also like a certain fear from administrators about creativity and trying new things. And, um, you know, uh, basically going, going, taking tendrils off of the, of the standardized curriculum and being like, you know, what if, what if we explored over here because Mm -hmm. so much of their funding and so much of their, um, you know, status and, and for some of the administrators, even their job is tied to taking tests, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not really any way to educate a person. Yeah. I Um, I remember, you remember the Ames tests? Yeah. 
I remember I was like, I was destroyed when I had to try like three times to get, um, I think like, what was it? Like needs improvement meets and exceeds. And if you got exceeds on all three of, at the time, if you got like exceeds on all three or four, I don't remember three or four Mm -hmm. of like the sections of the Ames test, you basically got, you got free tuition to the three major, uh, ASU, NAU and U of A. Um, and I was, I, I could not get the, the thing that I had been getting for so long at ASA, which was like great feedback on my mm-hmm. writing. I could not for the life of me get an exceeds on the Ames test. Yeah. And uh, I had to, <laughs> I had to learn how to write. I mean, eventually like looking back on it, I processed it, I, I've digested it and I can see it as like a, an interesting challenge. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Basically, people were te- people were telling me like you you just you kind of have to dumb it down. Yeah, like, you totally, to, absolutely. You have to write the way that they want you to write, and yeah. I'm just like I couldn't I couldn't get it. I had yeah. taken it, I had taken it like two times, and they're like, "This is your last chance to get an exceeds on it." And I was like, "Well, if that's the case, then I'm I'm gonna really I think I like met with a few teachers mm-hmm. and they had to they had to teach me um they had to teach me like how to write for a standardized mm-hmm. test. Yeah. Which is insane to me. And they, they had the, the, which is it's it's like holding it's like holding a, a gun to your head almost. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want free if you want free tuition, if you want if you want something to not affect you for the rest of your life because it was either it was either it was either you it was a lot of pressure man mm-hmm. if you if you fuck this up again for the third time you don't have another chance after mm-hmm. this you have to change the way that you naturally write if and if you don't do all these things you are going to uh, have to take out loans for uh, 30 40,000 mm-hmm. for an in-state school yeah so good luck there yeah. you go your your test is on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Right. It's like, I didn't, looking, I didn't, I, I, I don't think I felt all, I mean, I, I think I did feel all this pressure, actually, mm-hmm. when, when I was that age. Um, I've never really been able to vocalize it until now. Yeah. Um, yeah, standardized testing is, is really, can be really fucked up and uh, not a good indicator of, of anything other than, can you conform to a system? Right. Or like, are you good at taking a test? You know, like, yeah. I mean, that's so um, to, to go off on that a little bit. Did, well, did you get did you get the exceeds the last time? I. OK, so here's how the story ends. Because <laughs> now I'm invested. I want to know um, what happens. I, I know. I know. Uh, but here's how the story ends. So I did. I did end up getting exceeds. Yay. Um, so I got so I got like the free tuition to mm-hmm. go to ASU UVA or NAU, I could have gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of stuff going on at the time, yeah. too, um, when I was a senior in high school. Or I know I, th- I don't remember when you took yeah, it. Yeah, when um, you were a senior. It might have been yeah. junior, senior, but whatever. I had, I had a lot of stuff going on, and that's when I, um, that's when I decided that I wanted to move to Iowa after mm-hmm. I remember when I, like, ran away from my dad's, and I lived with Michael and uh, Eric Wiedemann. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little bit, um, yeah. and then 
uh, yeah, I ended up I ended up going to Iowa because I thought I had all this money mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to school uh, where I at, at um, University of Iowa because there was yeah. a good saxophone program there. Um, so I was like, oh great, thanks. I don't need your free tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out, turns out it would have been really nice if I yeah. had, if I had gone to one of the one of the state schools at the time. Um, and eventually I did and. I don't quite owe forty thousand dollars of tuition, mm-hmm. um, but you know what, girl? I had to. I had to work. It's like it's like to bring it back to to the whole like working thing and bootstraps and shit. I mm-hmm. had to work forty hours a week overnight. Mm-hmm. Overnight, I couldn't even sleep on the same schedule as normal people. I mm-hmm. had to work forty hours a week overnight, go to school during the day, um, just so I wouldn't because I was. I'm, I'm so deathly afraid of debt mm-hmm. and owing money. Money is like I have a I have such a, a, a an unfathomable, hard to describe relationship with money. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the story, girl, the story's still going on. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It, it never well, ended. <laughs> um, Saturday totally. like it's fucked up my life forever. <laughs> No, well, I mean, yeah, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, I think that, yeah. like, I think that most young people make stupid decisions with their money, or at the best, or mm-hmm. you know, like, not like, don't really have the foresight to see. And also, like, dude, I remember when we were in high school, people just being like, yeah, just go to your dream school, like, just take out that oh, yeah. those loans, you know, like, go to NYU yeah. and take out forty thousand dollars a year in loans, you know, and yeah. it's just like. No, <laughs> like, yeah. don't do that. Like, and I, I wish that like, man, there's so many things like having, having bought a house. Like, I'm like, why mm-hmm. weren't we ever taught any of this information in, in any oh, of our God. school? You know, like oh, just like, and, and just like what credit is and like how to yeah. raise your credit score and like all this stuff that's like, if you want to be a financially responsible adult, like you need yeah. to know these things. Yeah. And unless you have like, a a close friend or family members who like know about this stuff and are willing to educate you on it. Like you're not really going to get that education. So, um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's at all a, a thing to not, you know, to be afraid of debt. I mean, if I think that that shows, you know, I mean like you're, you're a perfect example. I mean, like, first of all, kudos to you for Mm -hmm. doing that for, for what, like three or four years, like, you know, working, pretty much every day and like also going to school and like, you know, you always get really good grades in school. So I'm sure maintaining like a pretty high GPA and like, um, you know, that's like awesome. And I, Mm -hmm. I think it's also like, you know, why, like, why do we have our society shaped like this? You know, like, why is it like, why, why do we, why does school cost so much money that you need to maintain a 40 hour a week work schedule in order to also get a degree, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, don't work at all, but like, this is where I get frustrated with like, you know, our parents' generation. Cause it's like, you lived at a time when you could have a part-time job and pay off your school. Like that's, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's probably a, a school in the country where you could really, uh, maybe a community college, but like where mm-hmm. you could make that happen. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I don't think it's at all foolish to be what's interesting of debt. to me. What's interesting to me is that the corporations have now started to like catch on to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you that's where you get like Starbucks popping in mm-hmm. and 
like they're it's now attractive to work for a company that can also pay for your school right and so I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because it's insidious when it gets to be insidious when the schooling doesn't matter when the four years that you've spent um at whatever your major is in getting your degree is not going to help you to work for someone other than that company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are they just groom? Are they grooming you for failure? Yeah. <laughs> basically. I don't um, know. I don't know. I don't know if it, do they have like a, a, a required list of majors or something like that? If you're doing, I don't know. Um, I know, I know when I worked at, when I worked at QT, um, you got more tuition reimbursement if you're, if you were a business major. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Um, but I actually, I actually got, I actually got to bypass that by working overnights. The entire reason that I want, that I worked overnights was so that I could get the full tuition reimbursement that they offered, mm -hmm. um, and major in what I wanted to major in, which has very little to do with um, a gas station in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but that one time that somebody who only speaks Japanese comes in, yeah, gonna, did I? It'll all be worth. Did it. I tell? Did I actually tell you about that? No. Are you are you so. referring? I don't to, think oh, so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I was just saying. Okay, that. so. Okay, so one time it was like it was like a really slow morning, so it was probably like a Sunday. It was definitely a weekend morning. Um, this. Um, this elderly Japanese woman mm-hmm. um, needs help putting air in her tire. She like has she needs to get a, she needs to get a, a, t- a brand new tire. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we found out. Um, but if I could just like if she could just put air in her tire, she could get to where she needed to go. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of like struggling to like express her frustration with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like. I, I I knew her accent like immediately. I'm like, this is a Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can totally tell. Um, and um, I know my Japanese isn't great, but I was just like I just like went on a limb. I'm like, are you from oh, are you from Japan? Mm-hmm. Basically, is what I the the exact the exact like um, linguistical format that I used was did you come from Japan? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if is I, I, I think I used the, I used like honorific, I used mm-hmm. like, I, I think I used like the right honorific verb because she was my elder mm-hmm. or whatever, but I was like totally I was totally in my head about it mm-hmm. um, of course, because yeah, here was like, here was like, you just went to school for like years and mm-hmm. To, and like here's like the universe saying, hey, use your use your Japanese that you learned. Remember when you lived in Japan for a year? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's knocking on your door right now. So, yeah. so I tried it, and then she's like, oh my god, the wave of relief that washed over her Aww. when she it was it was so it was so sweet because she's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it was literally like someone who at least kind of. Mm-hmm. speaks my language yeah like she 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 was like she was basically like in distress like if this was if this was like an old hollywood movie her mm-hmm. like her carriage would be broken down yeah. or something and and she and i was like a I was like some person at a at a damn lodge or something mm-hmm. and like i could magically speak her language um yeah so yeah then she starts then 
I mean, then then I think she gets like overexcited and like mm-hmm. starts asking me a lot of questions, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, ultimately, I was like, um, yeah, you should probably just go to a tire shop, girl, mm-hmm. and um, get the a new tire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was kind of weird. It was really weird because like my coworkers, like l- they were like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like Max's uh, is is has just magically, like, started speaking Japanese, mm-hmm. like, to this person. Because I... Uh, that's another thing that I have a really... A, a, a strange relationship that I'm still on a journey with and working through. Um, yeah, I went to school for it for four years, but it I'm still... I'm, it's, I'm still not done with it. It's still mm-hmm. not done with me is my... Why I was... Why I'm so drawn to... Japan, the language, and I'm starting to think maybe it's not just Japan. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the whole, the whole to- totality, if there even is such a thing, of like the East mm-hmm. with a capital, the East with a capital E. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Japan was just my, the doorway mm-hmm. into that. Yeah. Um, so that tangent was, oh yeah, the, 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 so that, okay. Yeah. So that tangent was because like, when am I ever going to use Japanese at a gas yeah. station that I worked hey, at man. to put myself I through mean, school to learn Japanese? But that's awesome. That's such an awesome story. It happened once. And like, it happened once. Yeah. But like you made such a huge difference, at least in that woman's day. But like also, mm-hmm. man, like I can't even imagine you know, getting to a certain age and then all of a sudden, like, you know, your family members maybe live in a different country or something like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, either I can, I can stay here in like the country that I know and grew up in and like, you know, with people who speak my same language, but like, maybe I can't take care of myself as well, or maybe I don't have as much money or I can go like live with my kids or my family in this mm-hmm. foreign country where yeah. no, you know, people don't speak my language. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. English, like Japanese is a hard language to learn. English is also yeah. a very hard language to learn and to, to get mm-hmm. decent at. And like to ask somebody who's elderly to just, yeah, just learn a new language, you know, like that's a, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big task. So, yeah. um, and especially somewhere like Arizona, you know, if she was, if she was somewhere in maybe like California or like New York yeah. city or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's more metropolitan cities that it would be more likely for her to like, you know, run into Japanese or like have some kind of Japanese community. There might be that in Phoenix. Not that I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm obviously not mm-hmm. the one to talk about, about, you know, Japanese communities or any sort of ethnic communities in, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, to, to be in a distressful situation and mm-hmm. to feel like you can't communicate with people and then to have someone who at least like you can get the basics out to each other. I mean, that's huge. So yeah, man, mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't think, I mean, there's kind of like an argument about people with like higher education as to like whether it should be, you know, specifically like a career related yeah. endeavor or whether it's important <sighs> yeah. to like use it as a further opportunity as just like, you know, they talk about like a liberal arts education, just kind of like mm-hmm. basically be edu- like learning things just that you get want educated. to. Yeah, yeah, like, and, but also like learning things that you want to just because like learning is a worthwhile endeavor in and of itself, you know, like 
even if you are never, you know, you might not become like a Japanese scholar. I mean, you might, but like mm-hmm. you might, like, like you're saying, like, oh, I, like, you know, maybe this is just a, a a step towards the thing that I actually wanted to be doing. But like, mm-hmm. you would have never gotten there had you not done this initial thing. Um, yeah. You know, had gotten your initial degree. I mean, it's the same. It's, I mean, it's the same for me with like music. It's like, I, like, I look back on the first album and I'm like, oh God, like, I can't believe, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, I, I can't believe I sell these things, you know, like, I can't oh believe that, God. that I, oh man, that's the solo that I played. And like, oh God, oh I didn't even God. like my, uh, you know, like there's so many things. We just, always think we are shit in the beginning. Right. And then, I mean, but even, so like looking back on that and then looking back on my second album, like there's still, there's like just a long list of things that I would have done differently could doing it again or just like you know i'm like yeah but like i'm at this point now where you know i'm writing songs for a third album and i i really feel like i have a really good handle on what it means to step into a recording studio and like Mm -hmm. really what i want out of the sound because like recording is a whole different thing than just playing music you know like there's a lot of other things to think about and it's kind of i mean i liken it to becoming a good at an instrument, you know, like getting good mm-hmm. at recording and getting the mm-hmm. sound you want out of a recording mm-hmm. is very similar to, you know, learning piano or le- whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, I just feel like you, you can't ever really get to the place that you want to go without taking certain steps to get you there, you know? And it's like, yep. I feel like it's frustrating for people to be like, well, you should only go to college if you're going to like become an accountant or like an engineer, which are, you know, good jobs, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not, I feel like what you spent your time doing is worthwhile as well. Yeah. It seems like there's, there's two major schools of thought as to why someone would, their intentions behind uh, pursuing higher education through a university college, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I feel like there's one group of people who is like, I maybe I would call them more like realists. Like they're more grounded in how the world works, how America works, how a, the global economy works. They they somehow they've been able to see that you kind of do have advantages in this plane of existence that we're living in and in this life in this in this country money just smooths things over Mm -hmm. um so they're basically they're going to college to um they're going to college to get a a beauty blender Mm -hmm. so that they can smooth their smooth their makeup and like look if i'm if i'm likening it to putting makeup on your face Mm -hmm. um and because they, because you know, they recognize. I'm probably one of your guests that is the least likely to understand a makeup. To reference. understand a makeup <laughs> reference, okay, okay. It's but it's okay. I got it. I mean, I got it. But I'm just, I'm just, yeah, let, yeah. I'm just giving you that disclaimer. Yeah, it, it's it's hard because like my first two, my first two episodes that I, I have um, are. So like one is is me like doing skincare with Kyle, and then the other mm-hmm. one is me and Marshall putting on makeup. So I'm just like in this. I mean, in I this, do like makeup metaphor analogy. <laughs> I do feel like there's maybe there's something progressive to be said about the fact that like the men in your life are mu- you're much more able to talk to them about makeup and skincare than like at, oh my least, God. at least one <sighs> of the women in your life. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. Oh my God. Uh, 
Um, anyway. Uh, okay, so so you were talking so, about yeah, people, the, yeah. These people are basically going to school with the goal of they're you know they're like you know I know I have I know I have a creative side mm-hmm. and I know that there's things that I want to do in my life other than becoming an accountant. Um, but I, I think they get, I think they, they believe that it'll be easier to be the, to be the musician, to be the sculptor, to be the artist, if you have this solid foundation of funds. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to get funds and be in a place of comfort is to pursue this life of accountancy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think I think the to me now this is this is just my opinion, um, my my perspective. The the lot the the fallacy there is that they think that you have to be, you have to achieve something, you have to be in a zone of comfort in order to even start the thing that you want to do. And they don't mm-hmm. see or realize that you can do everything that you want to do now, mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. You can, do it right now. It's not going to be what you pictured. Right. I could go upstairs. I could go upstairs right now and start playing the piano. Mm-hmm. It's not going to match this. It's not going to match this like mental fantasy I have mm-hmm. of me like playing at um, a small little art center with like a crowd of fifty or something, mm-hmm. and they're like hearing me play, and I like have my like one woman show. Mm-hmm. It's not going to match that <laughs> fantasy right away, but it is. Right. If I if I go and I play piano right now, it is that is a more of a step mm-hmm. on that that is more of a step on that journey than uh, sitting here and recording a podcast. Yeah. If I'm, you know, it just it it's so so anyway that that that's one group of people and then um, my experience with college and I know this sounds like so there's like one group of people that like do this things this way and I think it's and I think it's stupid and (laughs) but here's how I did it um but I so I had all that I had uh, you know all that shit go down with my with my inheritance Mm -hmm. when I was uh I think I turned I think I just turned 19 and I was I was broke Mm-hmm. I did not have my inheritance anymore, and I was suddenly like on. I was like suddenly back to earth. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you know, you you guys. I God, I forget. You guys like we. You guys like came and brought me back. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> you guys literally yeah. came and brought yeah. me back. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, when you when you guys came and picked me or picked me up and drove me back to mm-hmm. Phoenix. Wow. Um, so then. Got it. And then I didn't go, I didn't go to ASU until I was 23, man. Um, I, it took me five years to kind of wait until something emerged Mm -hmm. that I was like, I think I want to pursue this in learning about this in a university setting. Yeah. Um, and you know, college is the, uh, it's one of the, the, the eight pillars of the American dream too. Mm-hmm. So it was also kind of satisfying that I'm like, I've, I've always wanted, I want, I want to go to college. Like yeah. it's, um, I see my peers going, they've, half of them have already graduated. Mm-hmm. I was 23. Like they're, you know, the ones who stuck to the, 
um, the 18 to 22, rough, roughly the 18 to 22 age range, um, they had graduated already and they were, uh, they had done the thing. So, you know, it was kind of like peer pressure, um, seeing that, um, so that led me back into it. Um, so if I, if I, back to what I was saying with the, with the two groups of people, um, I, I fall in, I, I fall into the category of, I just, I really like being in school. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, I love, I like project based learning, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, and I found this uh, Japanese, I think was just a medium for me mm-hmm. to, to get back into school. Yeah. Um, I, I, I cared about it and something sparked my interest in wanting to learn it, mm-hmm. but it was never like a part of my plan. Like was I, I don't think I was like interested in, I, I wasn't like an anime nerd in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked anime and stuff. Um, I was never carrying around like Japanese grammar books in high school. Right. It was just, <laughs> I, I think I just like found something that I am like, what the fuck is this world? Yeah. I want to learn, I want to learn more about it and right. hopefully go to, I want to go to that world, this world that I'm reading about. It's like, I was reading, so I was, I, I basically made it through Haruki Murakami's entire fiction collection mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and for me, it was kind of like reading all the Disneyland pamphlets. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I want to go to Disneyland now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like, it was, it was like stewing in me. So, I approached, my approach to college was um, that I didn't want to go, I felt like I had lost that money when I was 19 for Mm -hmm. a reason, and I didn't, it helped me see that, like, the the pursuit of, the pursuit of money and and material things like that does not at least for me, it might, it might for some other people, so I can't speak to them, but for me, it does not equate to fault, like being able to realize my, this dream that I have for myself mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah. my approach to college was I, they're like, why are, do you want to be a, you know, everyone would go around, uh, you know, say your, what your major is Leah, mm-hmm. like in, in beginning, um, in like Japanese 101, we learned like, what's your major? What do you, what's, what kind of occupation do you want to be? Um, and because I was a Japanese major, everyone was like, you want to be a, do you want to be a translator? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to be an interpreter? And there was just like, I just felt this, like, I felt the weight of needing people just really want to know what you want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. they want to yeah. know what, what's your plan? What's your occupation, man? Like, what are you going to do with this degree, well, maybe, man? Maybe because it's such a specific degree, you know? Like, yeah. and yeah, so yeah, they yeah, think, yeah, yeah. maybe they feel like, oh, well, you must have some kind of a plan if that's mm-hmm. the degree you're going into with, you know? Yeah, and, and it actually, it was, it, was, it was quite the opposite. I was just like, mm-hmm. I just really, like, this novelist spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, and, you know, his novels were set in, a lot of them were set in Japan and Tokyo. Um, and I just wanted, I, I wanted to see what that world is like. Um, and I feel like this is how I do that. Also, yeah, ASU had, um, ASU had a study abroad program that I mm-hmm. wanted to be on. Um, and I did get to, and I, I did get to be on it. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really cool. Um, 
and now now that I've graduated, it's kind of like I, I get my I so I've oh my god I've been I graduated four years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's been it's been really interesting. Um, I I definitely get caught up in the thoughts of like why did you go to school for that? Right. What like what is why what what did you go to school for that for? Why did you spend that time and that money going to school for it? Like, it's a very, I can't, you know, I can't sit here and poo-poo on those people Mm -hmm. who are like, you, you know, your education, it makes sense that it's tied to an occupation because otherwise what was all that time for? And my response to them would be, um, God, this sounds so, um, this sounds like so like SJW progressive, mm-hmm. like liberal tears person, but just like trust in my journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like I'm not, like, I'm not killing, I'm not over here like killing babies yeah. and setting fires to the rainforest. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with it too. Yeah. Well, that goes know. back to the thing where it's like, you know, you not having an explicit goal for your mm-hmm. learning experience means that it's worthless, which I definitely would mm. argue against, you know? Like, yeah. I, like so I, I, I want to go back to the thing you were talking about, about how, you know, some people want to get, you know, a, a degree so that they can get a good paying job so they can like, you mm. know, continue to do their, their creative endeavors in their free time. And that, mm-hmm. I think that might be the case with some people, but this is kind of like mm-hmm. how I see life after high school. Um, or maybe even Mm. like life after college. And um, basically what it is, is there are like the way that our, our school system is set up, at least in America is very much just like, you don't have to think about your own education. It's just kind of forced on you right like you are on mm-hmm. at, when you're five or six or whatever you're you're placed inside of a track and you just mm-hmm. have to follow the track right and yeah. like yeah. and if you follow the track and you do everything that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. like you'll get good grades you'll be able to go to a good college like whatever mm-hmm. and then kind of like I, we're sheep and the system is the is the shepherd the educational system is this shepherd yeah and, i mean i don't mean yeah. it in a derogatory way yeah, but yeah, i just yeah. I just very much mean that, like, we are very much in a set path that mm-hmm. we really don't have to do any sort of, uh, put any sort of effort to, like, stay in the path, you know? Like, as long mm-hmm. as you just, like, do the stuff, like, it, your whole mm-hmm. your your whole life up until you're 18 or whenever you graduate high school is, is laid out in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as you graduate, um, you know, if you, if you go to college, I mean, that's another track to kind of jump into. Okay, you just need to follow these steps to get this degree or whatever. Um, but like, you know, basically whenever you're looking for a job, you kind of have a decision and it's, do I want to jump into another one of these tracks? You know, like, mm-hmm. do I want to jump into a, a career where, mm-hmm. you know, it's laid out for me? Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, there are definite pluses to that. Like I kind of see it it, if like, I'm a very visual thinker. So for Mm -hmm. me, I see it as like, you know, you're out in the profession, almost like actually maybe this, I don't know. I'm now realizing I see it as like, sort of like the, uh, the skyline of Phoenix, you know? So Hmm. like the skyline of Phoenix is if they're like coming through on the 10, especially from the West side, which is like where I, you know, grew up. So mostly that's, that's the kind of the viewpoint I got. 
Mm -hmm. you see like a few kind of tall buildings stick out. It's not like a super mm -hmm. massive skyline, right? But there's like, mm -hmm. there are some substantial buildings. And then for the most part, it's kind of flat around. And like, if we just mm -hmm. pretend that that like flatness around is empty rather than filled with like the houses and you know, whatever that it is actually in Phoenix, mm -hmm. like that's yeah. the visual that I have of like the world as a after mm -hmm. you leave whatever educational system you're in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, what yeah, do you, if you, what do you, well, I, sorry if you're going to go on to explain uh -huh. it right now, but like, what do you, what are the, what, what are the tall buildings yeah. represent so, versus so I would the say, empty? Absolutely. So the tall buildings I would say represent like the established professions and really like the established system. Um, so mm -hmm. like, you know, like when I, exactly. Like when I, when mm -hmm. I graduated college and went to go teach at a school, I would very much say that that was like me jumping into the system, you know? And yeah. like, um, you know, the thing is, if you're in the system, there's a lot of things that are easier for you, you know, like mm -hmm. you, um, this isn't necessarily true for teaching, but for a lot of jobs, you know, like you're saying, you have like your eight hours or nine hours of your work. And then the rest of your time is, is your time. You don't have to, you know, answer emails or whatever you like. You don't have to think about work. Even you can just do whatever mm -hmm. you want to. Um, and, um, and I think for probably the majority of people that is, is what they want. Um, because mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely simpler. Um, I mean, the issues with that arise with like, you know, you don't get to necessarily do the things you want to do all the time. And you're also mm -hmm. beholden to the system, you know? So like yeah. you have your set vacation days every year and that's, that's mm -hmm. what you're getting. And, you know, you might be able to build on that or you have, you know, you, you have your sick leave or you have, um, you know, you have maybe even a certain like a dress code that you have to do, but you're, I mean, even, mm -hmm. even more, um, I would say destructive things like, you know, you're kind of beholden to office politics um, mm -hmm. you're beholden to, if you're a woman or, you know, a, a person of a, uh, ethnic minority, you're beholden to, you know, you might not get the job that the promotion that you wanted, or you might not mm -hmm. be taken as seriously in the workplace as, as you might like. Um, which I mean, I guess those, those kinds, I mean, being, not being taken seriously can happen anywhere, but you know, you're, you're basically at the whim of whatever the structure of your workplace is as to whether you're going to be treated fairly or not. And there's been mm -hmm. more and more legislation that's passed to try and correct those things. Um, mm -hmm. but like, you know, if you're working under somebody, you're always at their discretion. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah. so that's anyway, so the buildings are kind of like what I see is the established system. And okay. um, the thing is though, if you're facing the buildings and you're like, okay, well, this is, these are some options. You can also just turn around and look at the open space. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. can turn around and just be like, and it's, it's a little bit mm. like, like, whoa, you know, it's, like what? It gets terrifying. What, yeah, it absolutely. Terrifying. Absolutely. And it's <laughs> no, like, 100%, 100%. <laughs> And it's all yeah. on you to build it on your own. And yeah. and not that there aren't, you know, there are there are helpful things. You know, I don't mean that everybody who's freelance has started from nothing. And, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. not at all. Um, mm -hmm. I've definitely gotten my fair share of help. But, like, you know, it's not, you're not going into something that is already set up for people, you know, to, mm -hmm. to work. And there are benefits and drawbacks to that. I mean, I'm not, like, one of the yeah. major drawbacks, um, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but one of the major drawbacks for me is that, um, I feel like I'm not allowed to have free time. 
Like I feel because mm. I'm freelance yeah. and because yeah. I, I, you know, kind of work on and I feel like every moment needs to be spent doing something or I'm not yeah. furthering like my career or my, yeah. and, um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I, it's kind of been nice with the pandemic because it's like, I can't do a lot of things, a lot of the mm-hmm. same things that I was, so it's like, you know, I, I get, to, I'm kind of like on this forced leave or this forced vacation. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that's, you know, kind of getting back to like reevaluating things that's allowed me to really think about like, what, what do I want to build out here? You know, like, what mm-hmm. do I want, you know, the house of Ainsley or the, the building of Ainsley um, to, uh, to look like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 I can say, have you, have you, have you like answered that question for yourself? <sighs> so or are you still, are you still working yeah, on it? Like, <laughs> I, well, I think it's, I think it is always, especially, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're gonna adapt in the right ways, I think it always needs to be something that's developing. Um, I mm, think yeah. that, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, and, totally. and so like kind of to tell you about like my development, like as a musician, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my, in my twenties, I like, you know, I, I love, I love doing the side projects, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to do musical theater anymore because it's a lot mm-hmm. of, a, a lot of work and it's not like the way that I, that's, that's probably the most job like thing that I do is like the music, mm-hmm. musical theater, music directing. Cause it's not mm-hmm. my art. It's not my art yeah. at all. And, yeah. um, and I, I have an appreciation for it. And I think that the people who participated in it are very talented. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I think it's, I, I, you know, I like to watch theater, but I think as for my like journey and for what I want my time to be going towards, it's much more of a time suck and doesn't, I don't, get paid what it would be worth to sacrifice that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I already, it's also kind of like, kind of like you're talking about with Japanese before I'd ever mm. done music directing, it was kind of like a mountain to climb, you know, it's like, what yeah. is this thing and can I do it? And that's like, um, I think that that's an important, uh, the, the idea of, can I do it is an important thing to chase. If you're going to mm. do this, this sort of open plane, what do I want my life to be? You yeah. know, way of either career building or, you know, however else you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying, you're saying that the, that the, the open, so the, the open Oh, the can I do plane, it. The can yeah, I the can it. I do it. Yeah. Is the, found, is the can I do it is the foundation of that giant ass building in the right. skyline. And so, is, like, is, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Like somebody, it started from somewhere, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. and that's the thing yeah. that, that people tend to forget is like, they think that these institutions that have existed forever, like just always existed. And it's like, no, mm. like it's, you know, mm. I mean, like with, you know, the argument over the, like the police right now, it's like, that just is kind of like how it developed. It's not like, this is the way policing has to be, you know? And it's yeah. like, I mean, I think about that with, with, well, yeah, this is kind of getting on a, on a little bit of a offshoot, but like. There's like, you know, every single thing in our life was designed and created by somebody, you know? Yeah. And like, there's so many things, like I'm looking at like this light switch on the wall, you know, like somebody, somebody... designed, that's a choice <laughs> somebody made, you yeah. know? And like, what if somebody had made a different choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, what if then, you know, and, and there are certain things where like, we just, you know, like the light bulb, for example, it's like, oh, of course the light bulb is just the way, but it's like, what if we'd come up with a completely different way of harnessing electricity into light? You know, like what if mm-hmm. it was a, a, a totally different system? And like, of course, mm-hmm. since then, you know, think other things have developed but it's like 
you know, all of these things, they were just created by a person. They're not infallible yeah. and they're certainly not like perfect. Um, mm -hmm. So do you, do you think that's something that people just like kind of naturally wake up to around our age or I think that or is it more of like a creative like it's a if you're more of like a creative type person, you start like looking around you and I think that we were raised in a in or at least the like the high school or like you know middle school high school that we went to was very much teaching us to question things mm -hmm. and i think that that's really important and i don't think that's an education that a lot of people get and i mean mm -hmm. like you see like what's going on with like you know the, the rampant conspiracy theories and just like with like yeah. no no evidence and like you know people like it's 2020 and like there is a a, a not insignificant amount of people who believe that the world is flat, you know, like what, yeah. like, <laughs> so to say that I think people just naturally wake up to it, I'm going to say, yeah. I don't feel that way. <laughs> but what yeah. I think is what I think, um, and I think it's good to ask questions. Like, I'm not saying that people who are flat earthers shouldn't ask those questions, but I'm also saying like, there are very easy, easily demonstrable answers to those questions that they're yeah. just choosing not to believe because they don't yeah. think that they think that certain scientists are lying to them or something like that. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. um, but like, I, because, I think, because, because if they back down, then they have to admit that they think that they have to admit that they're idiots. And it's like, nobody is asking you to say that you're an idiot. Yeah. It, it like it, it, they're at, they're asking you, uh, to say that you're almost say that you're not an idiot. Like we, right. we want you to, we want you to not be an idiot. Yeah. I <laughs> um, mean, I think that, yeah, I think people sometimes get wrapped up in these ideals and they become like a part of who they are, you mm. know? And I think, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's a bit of what's going on with like Trump too, you know, where it's like mm -hmm. people are so wrapped up in this idea of, of who he is and what he mm -hmm. means. Yeah. And this mental image, this, this, yeah. Um, this this attachment to um to yeah exactly what you're describing what they what they think he is and um it's just it's it's gotten it's gotten so deep and out of hand yeah i mean it's insane like it doesn't really make any sense how it's gotten to this point but you know i guess that's i don't know if that's a, that's the conversation that we want to go down but i do think yeah, I, mean, I, I mean to uh, to, to i guess maybe step back from from that cuz oh man if you want to you want me to rant? If you want me to rant about Trump, well, no, I can rant about this, Trump. This is this is just this is just helping me see that like you and I have like we can we can talk about a lot of oh yeah there's a lot, a lot of, of stuff now yeah um, um, but yeah but I actually I do I mean I I unfortunately consume way too much like news and politics and stuff I mean well mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if it's too much but it's a lot and it's it's uh, I I I don't I can't say it makes me a happier person but I mm. also feel like obligated to consume mm. all that. But anyway, the point is like, we can always talk about that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do want to say like, going back to the idea of like, do people just come to this and kind of like chasing the idea of, can I do it? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what I would say you did when you went to go, to go major in Japanese. It was this mm -hmm. thing where it's like, 
yeah, you didn't have a basis in it. And Japanese is like a pretty abstract language. And it's also one of the hardest to learn if you're an outsider stepping into it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, if anything, it, it probably was just like a, you know, is this a mountain that I can climb? And mm-hmm. I, I have found that the biggest steps forward that I've made in my career and just like my like becoming as a person have been these things where it's like, can I do that? You know, can I yeah. make an album? Can I, can I yeah. music direct this show? Can I mm-hmm. learn this music for this gig? Can I, you know, like, can I hang with these musicians? Like, and, mm-hmm. and the thing is like, I think, I think the thing that people don't realize about it is it's not, I am terrified every single time yeah. that I do something like that. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. terrified. Um, but the thing that keeps me going is just like, the idea of looking back on that moment of decision and choosing to not do something and regretting Mm -hmm. it for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, not every, every decision is weighed in that way, but it's like when I'm, when I'm really, when the decision is more, it's less of a thing between like what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And more of a thing of, well, I know what I want to do, but it's scary Mm -hmm. as fuck. You know, so, so do I do that or do I do the thing that is safe? Although like, I know ultimately I won't be satisfied with it, but Mm -hmm. I know that like, I'll have a paycheck or I know that. And like, I think something that was really good for me, you know, the tragedies in our life, I think sometimes, well, I think a lot of the time teaches more than, you know, the successes. Um, yes. And mm-hmm. for me, like the, the, the tragedy for me was graduating or I was, was losing my job after having graduated. And like the, you know, the, technically I left the position just because I didn't think that the contract that they were offering me was worth my time. And so I, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was respectful of me. I didn't think that it showed that they wanted to have anything to do with growing a band program. And so, mm-hmm. Um, I was faced with, well, I can, um, you know, twist myself and conform to Mm. what they want me to be, which was really kind of like as a side job, a music and band teacher and mainly like an aide to like pre-K students and like kind Mm -hmm. of like they're just like their person to like pick up any slack that they hadn't thought about, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, like I specific, like I, I didn't, come here just to have a job. I didn't come here Mm -hmm. just to, just to teach. I came here to teach kids music, like and specifically Mm -hmm. in band because it was such a formative experience for me. And it was really something that I loved. I still love it. Like I, I, it was Mm -hmm. never about the job. It was about, um, uh, you know, it was about the respect and, and, and I mean, looking at this pandemic and like what teachers are being asked to do right now, I don't regret that decision. Um, yeah, I listened. But, I listened to a podcast the other day about like from a, like a fir- like a first. I think it was on the daily. It was like a yeah. firsthand perspective of like what a teacher, like a, like a, an elementary school teacher, is having mm-hmm. to do like at this charter school somewhere. And I was just like, oh my god! Like, and yeah. she sounded, she sounded like one of she sounded like one of our teachers that we used to have at ASA. Like she, you could hear it in her voice like how much she cared mm-hmm. about her own career like she used like the the phrase like play I, I designed my own curriculum i i had this like core group of students that i kind of that i saw year after year and at the end she's like and i'm thinking of i'm thinking i'm resign if this goes on i'm gonna i'm gonna have to resign from 
from teaching from the position and I don't know like it's it I don't know if I can if I'm like strong enough to teach yeah, dude. during times I mean, like this well like I don't I mean again I have a lot of a lot of stuff to say about this kind of thing specifically this situation that's happening right now and the main thing mm-hmm. is just that it's it's horrible and that yeah. I I will never forgive the people who are in power right now for not putting people's safety first um, mm-hmm. And that's and it's like, you know, there are absolutely arguments to be made about, um, you know, whether whether or not it's um, it's it's a safe thing or not safe. You know, I mean, like, you know, students, there there are a lot of issues with students not being get, able to get back into schools. And I am mm-hmm. extremely sympathetic to those. I, I, I pretty much agree with everything people are saying. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like we are suffering through an unprecedented historical event that's going to cost, it's already cost 140,000 lives, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. and, and, and those infection numbers are only rising right now. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, people will say like, well, the deaths haven't, you know, aren't aren't right. Or the deaths aren't crazy right now, but it's like the death toll Mm -hmm. generally follows the infection rate by two to three weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and even people who don't die, many of them have been left with permanent, uh, lung damage, permanent organ mm-hmm. damage. So it's like, you know, it's not like you just die or you're perfectly fine, you know? And mm-hmm. even if it was like, even if it was a flu pandemic, like the flu sucks. Like people are out mm-hmm. with the flu for a month <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Right. So like yeah. for us to just be so callous about it and just so like, just so expectant that teachers just ne- will do this because they're teachers, you know, like I, it was, it's just disrespectful. It's really disrespectful. And it, it, hurts me in a lot of ways i know personally a lot of teachers i'm extremely worried about all of them and they're all Mm -hmm. facing that same decision like do i do i leave this profession and i very i mean i still teach piano lessons like i've been teaching piano lessons or music lessons since i i left the job at um at, at the school that i was teaching at i love teaching um it's in very much it's it's very much one of my callings i feel like in life Mm. um Mm -hmm. and so to see people who also feel that way and like the teachers that i worked with were really overall great people like i really you know of course there's always one or two people that you're not the biggest fan of or maybe you think that you know the way that they interact with their students is not the greatest or something but like for the most part like pretty much everybody who was working at the school that I was at, like really was in it for the right reasons and really enjoyed Mm -hmm. their job. And, um, and like to see these people who, and, and teachers for years have been being shit on, you know, with like (laughs) testing standards and, you know, just the amount that they're paid, basically, basically, you know, being like, if you're a teacher, you're going to just belong to the lower class. And like, that's just Mm -hmm. what you're going to have to deal with, you know? And like, um, and I don't know, it's just, (sighs) Like, I think it goes. I think it goes back to, because we tend to treat education as a system, as mm-hmm. um, as a, a a life a livestock barn, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just see teachers as people guiding the cattle like around into the to into the milking station, out mm-hmm. to get food, out to drink. Um, whatever else they do with the cattle um i think a lot of people see see teachers and the education system as for what it is right now which is a system i'm not saying it's bad it's just it's just kind of like what it is right now Mm -hmm. and but there are a lot of there there are a lot of teachers there's a lot of schools that that uh don't see it that way 
Um, yeah. And it's it it's like how it's like you know how do we what is the kind oh, no. of war? Okay. Um. So, so we just we just had some some multiple levels of technical difficulties. <laughs> this is not fault. the first time. This is not the first time I have uh, said said this mini speech that I'm saying right now. Um, um, You're not supposed to tell but, them about the the recording magic that happens. Oh, it's so it's a, it's okay. They can the. They're, they're gonna know everything. Also, there is there also there is no one right, right. now. So, <laughs> that's, that's um, another good point. Yeah, that's another yeah. great point. Um, so we were uh, before that we were uh, kind of going. We were we were going more into education, how it relates to the pandemic, how education is very much a systemic entity um, as it stands today. Um, is there anything you want to? you want to say to like kind of wrap up any like final final meditative thing yeah um i mean maybe uh i mean I, yeah i just think that i i mean well let me start that again my mm. thoughts are just that uh teachers right now are being asked to step back into an impossible situation and it makes me super mm -hmm. sad and also um, you know, I guess happy with my decision so many years ago to, to not go back into teaching full-time at a school. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's the thing, that's really where I, I meant to go and I'm very easily distracted and go off on tangents. Um, but mm -hmm. so like after, basically when I left like teaching full-time at a school, it was a really devastating emotional blow for me at the time. Like it was like I, so, and, mm -hmm. and to make matters worse, I had, I was still like one of the things that I had done at the school was like teach after school lessons. And mm -hmm. because I like, I left the school basically right at the beginning of the school year. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, like didn't have time to, you know, try to get another job or anything like that. The only real way I had of making money right at that time was to continue teaching the after school lessons at the school that mm. I had just left. And so oh, awkward. Yeah. So on top of, <laughs> yeah, on, on top of, you know, being completely brokenhearted, cause it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean the, the, the kids that I taught really were my kids, you know, and they, mm -hmm. we, I, a lot of them I taught for both years that I was there and really seen them grow and develop as musicians and understand mm -hmm. how to read music and rhythm. And, um, and, you know, to have to step back from that for my own, you know, my own mental health and my own pursuit, um, it really hurt. Like I was, I was, I remember like crying before showing up to teach lessons sometimes. And like, I'm sure I looked like a fucking mess, but like it was, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, and because of that though, what I learned very early on in life, and I think probably, you know, what you learned when, when you lost that inheritance money was like, you can do the right thing or the thing that you think is correct. And you can follow all the rules that you're supposed to, and mm -hmm. still the world can come crashing down on you. You know, like there is yeah. no, it doesn't matter how right or how much within the system you live your life. Like there mm -hmm. might be something that happens that just blows it all up. And so for me, mm -hmm. it very much became like, well, if I'm going to get, you know, if, if I'm going to get kicked in the face, no matter what, like I mm -hmm. might as well be doing the stuff that I want to do, you know? And yeah. like, and for me, and this is probably, you know, I come, I come from like, my parents are pretty well off. And so mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I probably have an extra layer of protection there just thinking like, you know, if things ever get really bad, if I ever just like lose all my money or something, you know, like I'm yeah. not going to be like destitute living on the street. And, yeah. um, and so, I mean, you know, I, I think that that should be accounted for and I, I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to be out here being like, I did everything myself. Cause that's like not mm-hmm. at all true. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's really where I'm coming from with all of it, you know? And like, to me, music, there is no separation in my life with like music, you know, there is no, Mm. there is no moment when I'm not a musician ever. And Mm. so, um, and I've, I've kind of faced this choice like over and over again, which is, you know, do I like put music to the side and maybe go off on X, Y, or Z career path. You know, I've thought about, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of really great uh, programs for people who want to get into like computer programming. Um, There's a lot Mm -hmm. of really good, you know, a lot of great work for, and and decently paid and like, you know, stuff for people who want to do that. Um, More recently, Mm -hmm. I even thought about like, realty and possibly becoming a realtor because I got like Mm -hmm. super engaged in the house buying process. And, um, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like encouraging friends of mine now to like go buy houses. Mm -hmm. I'm like, just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or not, not just do it, but basically like if you want to do it, like it is a reachable goal and like you should start Mm -hmm. the process of trying to like get your affairs in order so that it's a, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a thing you can make happen. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but the thing is what I always come back to is in order to do those things, I have to put music to the side. Like it has to become um, an accessory rather than the thing that I'm pursuing like my life towards, towards becoming a better musician mm-hmm. as like my ultimate goal. And mm-hmm. um, you know, every time I, I and it's, it's a hard choice, but every time I kind of like come face to face with that, I inevitably choose music because mm-hmm. I know that no matter what else I do, I will always want to be doing music. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that I will never be 100% satisfied in any other profession, even though I might mm-hmm. be more successful as, par- as far as like making more money or, um, you know, maybe having a higher standing in society or something like that. But also like, I don't know. I don't give a fuck about other, especially be after be after turning thirty as a woman. I'm just like y'all can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, I really, oh I God. really have. I have lost all patience for people who don't want to take me seriously either because I'm a woman mm. or because I I don't have a real job or I you know like whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's like nah, like mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm I, I'm gonna push back on you now. Like I'm done. Mm. I'm done trying to trying to make things comfortable. So. I really don't care what other people think as far as like, you know, whatever social standing might be. But, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, that's really where I, I view it from. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, I mean, I think like you were saying, like there, you're, you're never going to be ready for a thing. So just do it, you know, like do, do the thing right now that you want to do. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't worry so much about what other people are going to think about it. Cause they're Mm going to think something about you no matter what you do. Um, and yeah. this is also what I, what I, you know, h- how I became a more comfortable performer on stage, which is just that mm-hmm. like, I would constantly think about like, Oh, people, uh, I'm doing this. People probably think that's dumb or I'm doing whatever. And it's like, yeah, they mm-hmm. might, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they might, but the more that you lean into it, the more, number one, mm-hmm. the more natural it looks. And number two, like, you know, the more people are going to be like, Oh, that's cool. Or, you know, I mean like there's uh, all sorts of performers that you can point out who are awkward as hell but they 100% go into it, you know, like there is no, they are totally confident about it. And that is Mm -hmm. really what, what makes or breaks somebody. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think people are going to be going, this is this is going to be a time of huge, drastic, and for a lot of people, traumatic change. I mean, actually, I would, I'm going to say it's, it's traumatic change for everybody. I don't think it's, I think we're all going through a trauma right now, and we don't mm, necessarily yes. have, yeah. the, have the ability to process it while it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that um, with events like these, uh, with times like these, there is an opportunity to use it for a much greater good. And that's mm-hmm. really that's really my hope out of all of this is that, you know, with the mm-hmm. with the coronavirus, with the, you know, I mean, essentially the, the civil rights movement that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really am very hopeful that although we are in a moment of extreme chaos, that it is mm-hmm. because there is something much better for us waiting on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's where I'm at right now. And yeah, anyway, happy, ha- always happy to talk to you. Yeah. Um, Ainsley, where, where can people find your work or oh, yeah. where can they, where can they find whatever you want to show them? Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And stuff so, like that. so right now my band name mm-hmm. is Ainsley Maddock and the Broken Blues. I'm very considerate, mm-hmm. cons- deeply considering changing it because, um, Ooh. have you ever heard of St. James and the Broken Bones? No, it's they're a really cool band. You should check them out. They're anyway, okay. they're they're mm-hmm. they're much more well known. I mean, nobody knows about us, mm-hmm. but they're much more well known mm-hmm. than my band is. So mm-hmm. you know, given that I would like to make my band more well known, um, mm-hmm. I'm considering changing that because I think it's a little bit close to and mm-hmm. and we also mm-hmm. don't have exactly the same musical style, but it's there are similarities for sure. And yeah. so yeah. Um, anyway, but for now it's Ainsley Maddock mm-hmm. and the Broken Blues, and so you can find mm-hmm. me at. Um, um, AinsleyMaddockBlues.com. Um, we how, have do, a, how do people spell Maddock? Oh, it's M-A-T-I-C-H. <laughs> That's good. And Ainsley okay. is A-I-N-S-L-E-Y. So Ainsley Maddock and the Broken Blues. I know that you both of your albums are on Spotify. Uh, I think the or second is one is on Spotify. One? I think okay. the first okay. one, but the first one is available. I think on my website, uh, and I think mm. it's on YouTube also. So, um, I mean, all mm-hmm. my music is out there somewhere for free. Um, but we on mm-hmm. YouTube, if you look up Broken Blues, you'll be able to find our YouTube okay. channel and um, mm-hmm. listen to. We have a music video out. Listen to a couple of our albums, and we also have. We recorded a few songs. Um, um, re-recorded some of the ones that were on the first album, like three of them, and then mm-hmm. recorded a new cover um, that uh, I'll be releasing um, hopefully sometime soon. I'm working on getting some videos put together for those. So there is new mm-hmm. music going to be coming out. And um, yeah, Instagram is just Ainsley Maddock. Facebook, you know, Ainsley Maddock Blues, all that stuff. So yeah, on, okay. on the so social media. Oh, I'm on Twitter like... too. I recently joined oh, okay. Twitter. What's your Twitter? Ainsley Maddock. <laughs> okay. So basically, if you just type in, just try to type in some combination of Ainsley Maddock, yeah. blues, broken, just blues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, those four keywords will right. generally lead people to you. Ainsley okay. Maddock, broken blues. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to find me. All right. Well, cool. This is... Uh, this has been fun. We'll yeah. we'll have to talk again. We'll have to hear your. Uh, we'll have to explore your thoughts more on, uh, your on, on womanhood during this time. <laughs> I think is really interesting. Yeah. We could talk about the. We could talk about T Rump. We mm-hmm. could talk about God. There's just like there's just like so much. Um, Absolutely, I am okay. I am down. I have lots of time right now, and I always like talking with you. Yeah. We don't talk enough, so I'm definitely yeah, I know. definitely happy to make the time. All right, I'm going to stop the recording. All right, bye.
All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> hey, folks, hope you enjoyed that conversation between Ainsley and me. Um, she's definitely going to be a regular on this podcast as we go forth into the uh, dark waters of the podcast ocean. Uh, definitely want to have her on more. Uh, like, year to the end, we have a lot more to talk about with Ainsley, and I'm, I always want to hear what she has to say. All right, this is Nobody Loves Me No More from her album, My Good Time, which you can find on Spotify. Go to AinsleyMaticBlues.com and, like, actually uh, buy, like, a physical copy of her album and, um, yeah, show her some love. All right. Bye, everyone. Nobody loves me no more. Away.